In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! It is one of the most important vehicles you have to build wealth. But how you use your 401k matters. On today's show, five hard-to-break 401k habits and why they need breaking. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. On podcast, on radio, online, this is the Get Ready for the Future show. And we're welcoming you in and glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Tim Key on board today for five hard-to-break 401k habits. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But when we say 401k, obviously people may cringe these days. Well, uh, maybe what, so. What their account values have done in 2022. And we continue to kind of keep our bead uh, or our, our finger on the pulse, we'll say, of the current economic situation. But, you know, the reality is, and we just uh, spoke to a group of uh, folks last night, John, in fact, talking about uh, what's going on, the turmoil in the economy. But I think you could really apply this to every show that we do but it worth it's worth pointing out that it's not the economy it's your economy you say that often i steal yep. it from you i, I was going to steal it from you last night and i chose not to but you never <laughs> used it so they didn't get to hear it I but didn't. but it is the truth when it comes to everything that we are talking about when we talk about the possibilities of recessions and do are we uh going to see another stock market uh, pullback it, it, it is all a real short-term issue, and the long-term is what matters. Yeah, I think that oftentimes, Scott, we pay attention in, in life in general to all these little non-issue details, and we lose focus on what the big-picture issue is. So let's talk about the current economy and 401ks and that type of thing. You said uh, you may not want to talk about 401k <laughs> because the account balance is down. I get it. I understand that. But let's draw back and understand what it is that we're trying to do in a 401k. We're literally trying to accumulate more and more shares of the investments that you are buying when you put your money into the 401k. So when prices are lower, guess what your money does? It buys more shares of those mutual funds or ETFs or whatever may be in your 401k. You're not going to retire right now if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or maybe even in your early 50s. So look at this as not, oh, my account is down. Look at it as an opportunity for you to accumulate a larger number of shares. Tim, the, the, the format that 401ks take really highlights the bottom line number that you have, the amount of money that you have in that account. And you have to hunt to find out how many shares you're accumulating. So I think the whole thing needs a not just breaking, but an overhaul. I think we need to really revamp the way we look at this. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of times when you start looking at statements, trying to find exactly how many shares of each fund you have is difficult. And there's probably some statements out there that don't even show the number of shares. It's just Here's your beginning balance. Here's how much you've added, you know, the contributions from the company, and here's your ending balance. And that's all it is. So you're really only dealing with the actual balance. And, you know, for anyone that's in accumulation mode, 
this has been a great year for them if they're continuing to put money into yeah. that 401k because they are buying those shares on sale. Scott, it's all about perspective. We talked about perspective last yeah. night. And if you have the proper perspective on what it is you are trying to do with your 401k, now you're focusing on your economy. That's mm-hmm. what we talk about when we talk about your economy. It doesn't matter what the economy is doing. What are you doing? And, and what is the... the uh, maxim that that on wealth accumulation that like 90 percent of the difference in people who accumulate wealth and those who don't are those that actually just do it right just get pumping money into your 401k and so we're going to talk about some impediments to that and how you can break those bad habits yeah so just to put a bow on what we've talked about so far you got to get your focus off of the account value the overall big number and really that goes for folks who are younger because that is, as John and Tim highlighted, all about accumulating shares. How many shares you're accumulating, not the account value in present value, because it's present value, right? You're not selling any of that right now. But even for retirees, it, it, it is a different investment strategy. You're not really trying to accumulate. You're trying to create an income stream, but the focus should be on your income. And that only comes through a financial plan so that you know what your monthly and annual retirement income is. The overall account value matters, but not as much as the income you're receiving. So before we dive in today's show, we do want to make you a quick Christmas gift offer. Uh, We are offering half off of a financial plan now through December 30th. So we're now just about three weeks away from the end of 2022. And we need you to call before December 30th and schedule your appointment to take advantage of this half off financial plan offer You don't have to come in by December 30th, but we need you to schedule your appointment to take advantage of the offer. The appointment can take place in January or heck, well, you can put it in for June if you know what your schedule is going to be like that far out. (laughs) But here's how to do it. You can text the word Mary, and that's M-E-R-R-Y as in Merry Christmas, not the Virgin Mary, to 501-381-5228, or you can call us you don't want to do the texting thing you can call us just call 866-653-PLAN that's 866-653-7526 we'll talk talk about it one more time probably before the end of the show today but a great opportunity there because the value john what our financial planning fees can range from 500 to 1500 dollars. so half off of that can be a great value it can be and it can get you jump started from wherever you are right now uh, to where you really want to go. I, and it really all begins with getting it on paper, on purpose, and getting into, into the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. And we're giving you that opportunity to get it at half price between now and the new year. Okay, so five hard-to-break 401k habits. Let's dive in. We're going to unbreak the 401k. You don't think about these as being necessarily habits, but they can be because when the decision is made because really these are these are mindsets more than anything but when that decision is made it creates the habit uh, and can create a problem so the first one is really something we hear from a lot of younger people we've already kind of alluded to this being a problem but why start my 401k now i have plenty of time you know and when you think about it so much about investing is centered around time but this is the wrong focus on on time yeah most young people say i've got plenty of time to do this Uh, i'm i'm wanting to you know do this or buy a car or whatever the case may be but you are really ignoring what is called the time value of money 
So let's walk through this for just a second. When I saw this concept, I thought, wow, this is life-changing. And this was many, many years ago when I started as a financial advisor, and I have given this advice to more and more young people that I can even count. And I think we've made a lot of difference in people's lives. So let me give you the, the numbers behind this so you'll understand what we're talking about. Let's talk about two individuals. One person is going to get started at age 22, and they're going to save $5,000 per year into their 401k or IRA account. They're going to save it for, let's say, they're going to continue that savings pattern from age 22 through age 29. So eight years that they're going to go through that, that, uh, that exercise, if you will. And then they're going to stop and they're just going to let that money sit there and continue to compound and grow. Now, individual B is going to say, I'm not going to save this money into my 401k or IRA because I'm young and I want to go have fun or I want to buy this cool car or whatever the case may be. And I'm going to wait until things settle down and I get into adulting more, if you will. So that person defers saving anything until age 30. Then at age 30, they begin to save $5,000 a year from age 30 all the way to their retirement at age 67. So you've got one person who saved from age 22 to age 29, and they put in $40,000 during that time, and then they just stopped and let it sit there and compound, versus the person who has $5,000 a year going in each year between age 30 and age 67, and they have invested $190,000 when all is said and done. So $40,000 on this side, Hundred ninety thousand on this side. Who has the most money? It's the person who started earlier. Yeah. It is the not person who, who started earlier. It's not. Yeah, it's not who you think it would be. It is absolutely not the person you think it would be. The person who started earlier has one point eight million dollars at age sixty-seven. One point eight million, and only invested forty thousand. Now that is compounded at a nine percent rate of return, which is the average return of the S and P five hundred over a long period of time. The same rate of return compounding over the same number of years with all those additional contributions, individual B only has $1.7 million. Now, clearly 1.7, 1.8, you're going to quibble about that. Here's the point. One guy spent $40,000 to get 1.8. Another guy spent $190,000 to get 1.7. That's the time value of money. That's why you don't want to say, I've got plenty of time. I don't want to start my 401k when I start my job. Yeah, my thought is why not just start at 22 and continue to do 5000 well, until be, 67 and have 3.5 million. That would be logical. That would be that? that would be logical. <laughs> so. But but the the whole idea is that power of compound interest basically taking over because when you look at at the accumulation at the end of that uh uh, year uh, when he's 29 years old, he's got $61,000. Mm-hmm. And that $61,000 at 9% rate of return is going to double about every eight years. And so that's how you arrive at that $1.8 million. Conversely, the guy at age 30 only has $5,470 in that uh, first year, and he has to catch up and, and grow. And so obviously the time value of money and the power of compound interest can work for you if you will let it work for you. Well, I just think, you know, a lot of times time, you know, we think we have time and we want to put something off because we want to have more fun now. 
but we're losing out on so much if we forego something like this. And then oftentimes you've got a 401k with your employer and you may not have to put the full 5,000 in because they're going to be putting a match in, in a lot of cases. So it's not even the full amount that you've got to put in to get started here. So I think it's important too, to point out when, when it's set, when the statement says, why start my 401k now, I have plenty of time. Well, that is actually accurate. You do have plenty of time, but you're missing the opportunity if you don't begin investing and, and you're and burning time, you're burning time. Yeah. And you could definitely do this very easily. You know, so many employers now have auto enrollment and they just put you in automatically. So you actually have to take action to not put the money in the 401k in that uh, instance. But I would also point out there is value in working with an advisor even at that age because to get that compounded 9%, John, you got to be invested properly. And I think it's important to recognize that people who are starting out with their 401k, if they don't have a lot of investment experience, and oftentimes they don't, they could choose an investment that really is not right for them. And they could do that. They could uh, get distracted and, you know, say, look at their statement and go, oh, wow, it went down. Maybe I need to stop. Right. I know a lot of really smart people that did that in 2008. I know a lot of really smart people that are thinking about doing that now. Yep. And you don't need to do it. It is very much counterintuitive to do what we're talking about doing, but it is the right thing to do. And I think it's so easy a lot of people aren't at this, the same job for years and years. And so mm-hmm. they may be at the same job for three or four years. They accumulate, you know, eight or $10,000 in their 401k. They make a job transition. And then the next thing they know, they're cashing out and paying penalties and things like that on the old 401k and not leaving it in there and giving it time to really have the benefit of the compounding um, potential that it really has. Yeah. The 401k is a retirement account. You have to remember that it is not a piggy bank to go buy things with before you retire, because you are really, uh, taking three steps back after taking one step forward. If you, if you crack open that piggy bank, uh, and take the penalties and the taxes involved. Right. All right. So that's uh, number one, our second hard to ha- uh, hard to break 401k habit, which I would say we ought, we actually see the opposite of this more often than not. But the quote is I'm getting the full match so I'm saving enough. The match, of course, is the employer match. Many uh, employers will match a percentage of the amount of money that you contribute to your 401k or retirement account. I think oftentimes we see people who aren't even contributing enough to get the full match. They've really decided on their number or the amount they're going to put in, guys, as a number they can tolerate, a number that they can withstand, what they think they can do without and they don't often do it with the priority of getting the full employer match. No, there's a calculation that uh, everyone has, whether you know the calculation or not, there's a number that everyone has that they need to be saving in order to basically recreate some income for you at retirement that will let you pay your living expenses. And that's really what the 401k is all about. But that's a that's a process that people really do need to go through. But let's talk about this match thing for just a second. And let's be clear. The employer decided to do a match, and the decision-making process was all about what the employer could afford to stick in there as a match. They made a decision based on the company's circumstances. They didn't have your circumstances in mind. They are being generous in making that match, and it's going to help you, but it has no relevance to what your goal should be or what you should be saving. 
It has nothing to do with that. And so to think that it's a barometer of how much you should put into your 401k plan is just a misnomer. Now, should you put enough in to get the all of the company match? Absolutely, you should, because you don't want to leave that money on the table for yourself. But it is not necessarily an indicator. And, and yeah, Tim, it just doesn't have anything to do, as the old saying used to go, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the price of tea in China. Right. I mean, we could say, you know, contribute 5% or contribute 10%. But, you know, if you're making $50,000 a year, your 10% is $5,000 versus someone making 100000 a year, their contribution is $10,000. Yeah. And so they're going to be, you know, $5,000 ahead of you twice, you know. So you really, it's your situation. And again, you go back, it's your economy. It's, it's where you're trying to get to. And so everyone's different. Everyone's got a different income. We're all, we've all got different financial goals and end goals. And so one of the big things we need to know and what we can help with our clients is where do you want to get to? And then we can determine what does that saving rate need, savings rate need to be. And no matter where you are right now, on your path to retirement, you can come in and get a financial plan that will include your savings rate and what it needs to be based on some assumed rates of return that will get you to X amount in assets at X age. And that's up to you, right? When do you want to retire? Those are the things you really need to think about rather than just, I'm getting the full match and I'm good. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. The plan really will allow us to know that answer. And that asset level at your retirement age is based on how much income you're going to get in retirement. So it's never too early to be thinking about that. That target's going to move around. If you come in at 38 years old and we build a plan that has uh, created for you six or $7,000 of monthly income when you're 65 years old, that's likely to change over time. But at least it gives us a dart to throw at the board. Yeah, you, you just need to run and yeah. run as fast as you can when you're young because of the previous example that we went through. Put as much money as you can into the plan, yeah. get the company match, but but at some point in time, check up and do the calculation of how much you need to be saving to get you where you want to go. I think there is some natural progression in getting closer to maxing out a 401k as someone earns more money because they recognize sure. the tax advantage of putting that money in pre-tax. But some ways to increase contributions. You know, I think when you get a raise, that's a really easy one, right? Mm -hmm. Don't increase your lifestyle. Increase your 401k contributions or set it on an annual contribution increase of maybe 1% per year so that you can begin to get more in there. You don't have to go full throttle and try to max it out right away, but begin the habit, talking about breaking habits, begin a good habit of trying to increase your 401k contributions over time. And a lot of large 401k plans will have that. So you can just check that box and say, yep. I want to automatically increase my contribution 1% per year and, the, and the, they'll do that for you. All right, so up to number three now on our five. I've almost felt like I was doing a countdown there. We're up to number three. It's not a little Casey Kasem-esque. Yeah. Five hard-to-break 401k habits. Our third one is time's up, and I'm done. I can cruise from here. We've kind of been going through the, uh, or the, the people starting out, the people kind of midway into their 401k uh, years or contributing years, and now we're kind of getting closer to near-term retirees. So do people say that? Uh, do they say, time's up, I'm done, I can cruise from here? I think some people see the clock ticking towards retirement and they know there's not a lot more they can or they think there's not a lot more that they can do about it. And, you know, I would start out by saying, guys, this actually might be true if you have a plan to know. There may be a time where, hey, built based on the plan that I was just talking about, if you know the asset level you need to attain by a certain age and you know that's going to provide an adequate, robust 
monthly retirement income and you're on track, it may actually be a time where you can not necessarily stop contributing, but you can back down that contribution and begin to do other things to prepare for retirement. Maybe it's invest in an HSA, contribute to an HSA, a health savings account, If you're, especially if you're planning to retire prior to age 65. There may be a need to have some health care costs covered uh, in retirement. You could accelerate your mortgage payments and have a mortgage-free retirement from day one. You could also look towards long-term care. If you don't qualify for long-term care insurance coverage, you could begin to build a bucket for long-term care. So there is a possibility that this is true, but you don't know. That's the point. Without the plan, you can't just say, hey, I'm 59 and a half and I'm done or I'm 60 or I'm done and I'm going to stop contributing. Well, let's also talk about that that company match. Yes, if you've attained your target goal for retirement at, let's say, 60, and you're not going to retire until 65, certainly you could theoretically stop. But who wants to leave that money on the table? Who wants to not get every dime that your employer will give you for putting money into your 401k plan? I think that just makes sense because obviously there are other things other than income generation that that money can do for you in retirement. So I think you got to take a real close look at that and decide whether that does make sense or not. In a lot of cases, Tim, you're just leaving that money on the table. Yeah, we don't want to leave the money on the table. And it's also something that if you've been a saver and you've been putting that money back it's going to be hard to change your stripes um, and pull that back or even take that completely off the table. Um, the plan that we can provide for you based on your goals may have you pulling that back if you've already got the assets that you need so you can do some of the other things that Scott talked about. You know, Go ahead and get your um, mortgage paid down and, and save in the HSA for those healthcare expenses. But there's so many different things that are available to us. And as we um, normally increase our you know, salary over the years. Um, one of the things we're not going to want to do in those higher income earning years is pay more taxes. And one of the yeah. few ways to actually reduce your income for tax purposes is to put money into that 401k via the pre-tax mode instead of the Roth Avenue. So, I mean, that's something that most of our clients that um, have come in, they are good savers and they're not going to want to pay the government any more than they have to. So they're going to continue maxing out that 401k as long as they can. Up to number four now on our list of five hard-to-break 401k habits. What's hot and what's not, I need to know now. That's the quote, but that really is a habit of people is, you know, this goes back to the time thing. You know, people want the quick return, the big, big hit in the market. Of course, everything's hitting the other way right now in 2022, but especially uh, people who are feeling like they've got to catch up, right? They may be tempted to take on more risk than they should because they want to know, um, you know, where where is the biggest investment? They think it's all about the secret investment sometimes, right? That if, if I just know, if I just choose the right one, uh, I, I'm going to make more than if I chose another one. And that really, I think of the people who almost 401k day trade, I guess they can't really do that because there are restrictions on how often you can change your investments. But I've known people in the past that they, they're constantly tinkering with what they've got in their 401k investments. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry, it doesn't make any sense to do this. You may instinctively think, you may intuitively think, oh, well, I can time the market and I can get in and get out. And, and you're going to blow yourself up is really essentially what, what's going on. I've said before, Scott, and I say it all the time, one of the worst things that ever happened was when they put the app on, on the iPhones uh, that actually show you what the market is doing in real time because it causes people 
to act emotionally about their investments. And what happens oftentimes is that you zig when you should have zagged. Let's take a look at a graphic that we've got on missing the best days in the market and what that can do to you. So if you are in a situation where you're going, okay, I, I think that, that things are going to get tumultuous, I'm going to get out of the market as opposed to staying in the market. Well, let's look at how that's played out over the last 20 years or so. Uh, if you take a look at missing the 10 best days of the market from 2001 through 2020, it resulted in less than half the total return of just staying put and staying invested. And for those of us, uh, those of you who are listening on radio, here's what we're looking at here. From 2001 to, through 2020, the S&P 500 had a total return during that period of time of a grand total of uh, 7.9%. I believe that's what that says. Somebody with better eyes, take a look at that for me. And uh, Yeah, 7, 7.5%. <laughs> that's what it is. I'm the out. monitor's all the way across the room. If you exclude the top 10 days, uh, meaning that if you were sitting on the sideline with your money and you missed one of the 10 best days or, or 10 of the best days during the year, your return falls to 3.4%. If you miss 20 of the best days, you're down to 0.1%. And you actually had a negative return if you exclude the best 30 days or the best 40 days. There is no empirical evidence anywhere that says anything other than staying invested, fully invested in uh, a 401k plan is the right thing to do. Again, it's one of those things that instinctively we think that's the right thing to do, but it's not necessarily the case. Sometimes we think we're smarter than the market, and I've come to realize over the years I'm not. <laughs> and so yeah. it is set it and forget it. And if you set it correctly, that is, because if you're setting in the money market account or uh, maybe a bond fund when you're 25 years old, it's probably not going to get you to where you need to be. But if you're invested correctly in a good um, growth stock mutual fund, uh, just putting more money in there and letting that do its thing over a long period of time, then you are going to be able to end where you want to. And Scott, this is very closely related to uh, item number five on our list. And it's really all about not really understanding what your objective is. Yeah, the market's in trouble. I want to protect my hard-earned savings. Looking for, right, the best time to get back in. And I want to illustrate that point again. You know, that, First of all, that graphic is amazing to me, even doing what we do on a daily basis. To think that you could miss 10 days over a 20-year period, the 10 best days over a 20-year period, and it knocks your return in half. And then it goes negative if you miss the best 30 days in a 20-year period run. That is amazing to me. And I think about just last week when uh, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell came out and kind of hinted that maybe we would be starting to taper off these interest rate hikes. The market loved it, right? And nobody could have really seen that coming because they didn't know what he was going to say, first of all. It could have gone either way. But let's say you're sitting on the sidelines. The market went up like 4 or 5%. Some of the indices went up 4 or 5% on that day. Is that going to be one of the best days over the next 20 years? Could be. I mean, that's a pretty solid day. That's solid. So you think about just missing, in a, in a, even during a, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, even during a down time in the market, which now is, we've had a lot more down than we've had up in 2022, but those up days matter. If you're sitting on the sidelines when those up days happen, it could seriously be detrimental to your overall return, even over a long period of time, like 20 years. And those returns, John, that's the market return of, 
of one set of lump sum investment, right, over right. a long period of time. We haven't even talked about dollar cost averaging. No, and, and you miss the the devastating effect of not putting money in the I, You know, back in 2008, Scott, I can absolutely remember, it was really very hard on people emotionally and, and psychologically on what happened in the market when the market was down 40 or 50% sometimes. And, and they just quit putting money in their 401k because they thought, this is a bad investment. I'm not getting anywhere with this. But they really rob themselves of the dollar cost averaging effect of that 401k plan and buying those shares at a cheaper rate. Now, let me just say that, that you know, for compliance purposes, you know, dollar cost averaging doesn't guarantee a profit. It doesn't prevent a loss, but it does help you buy more shares when prices are low. What you've got to do to make that work is you've got to stick with it. You've got to evaluate Am I going to have the constitution enough to stay with this when things are going down? Because that's actually where you make the most money, theoretically, in the dollar cost averaging strategy. One more point I want to make before we start to wrap things up is in that comment, the market's in trouble. I want to protect my hard-earned savings. Let's talk about it from a near-term retiree's perspective, because I think we do see a lot of people who come in knowing they're going to retire in maybe the next year, maybe even the next three or four years and they have become very conservative with their money, maybe even to the point where they're not really even in the market because they're trying to protect against loss. And now I think that's even more prevalent than it has been when things were good in the stock market. So let's talk to those people because they need the plan of their plan needs to look different from an investment perspective than than the younger investor. Absolutely. You need to be thinking about money that you're going to need now money you're going to need later. You have to assign chunks of money to periods of time. It's very, very simple. I'm going to use this money in the first five years of my retirement. I'm going to use this money when 15, 20 years down the road. The investment strategy for those two buckets of money are completely different. You don't want the market touching that first bucket of money because you don't need that fluctuation. Because just like we were talking about dollar cost averaging being good for you when you're accumulating, it is bad for you when the market fluctuates and you have to sell something. Scott, I have coined this phrase and uh, in this uh, period of time that we're in, and I really believe this is something that everybody needs to hear. It is not a bear market that wrecks your portfolio. What wrecks your portfolio is having to sell something in a bad market. And so you don't want to do that. You want to set yourself up into a position where you don't have to sell equities when the prices are down like they are right now. Do we like that they're down? Not necessarily so. But the thing that I don't like more than the market being down is being forced into selling something because someone was not properly allocated as they moved into retirement. That is the heart of the GenWealth Ready to Retire process from an investment standpoint. You've got to be thinking about this in a completely different way than you were when you were accumulating dollars. It's not all about how much rate of return can I get and can I get the largest rate of return possible. That's not necessarily the case because when you take that risk, Tim, you're, uh, you, when you take that venture out there, you're also taking a lot of risk. You're taking a lot of risk and then do risk in a lot of the cases. And, you know, we always want to make sure that um, if we have a client that's nearing retirement, yeah, we we are going to use 100% of your assets in year one. So we don't have to move everything to something that's very safe. We are going to bucket that out. But in a 401k plan, we like to say that there's old money, which is the savings you've already accumulated, and the new money, which you're 
are your ongoing contributions. And those ongoing contributions can be invested differently than the money that's already sitting in there that you've accumulated. And we, because of dollar cost averaging, we like to have it go into something that's going to be more volatile so we can take advantage of those times when the market is down and things are on sale. So there's a lot of things that go on with you know how money can be invested inside a plan, and there's multiple purposes for that instead of just trying to accumulate the biggest balance you can. So those that's something that's very beneficial by having your own plan, and which is attuned to your goals and what you're trying to do and accomplish. Scott, I think that the GenWealth Ready to Retire process is tailor-made for folks that are, are nearing retirement. It's also very good for folks that are trying to build toward retirement. But the GenWealth Ready to Retire process for near-term retirees really covers seven key areas. And you've got to think about these key areas as being areas of vulnerability for you. One is a, a key investment strategy, which we've talked about, the bucketing and flooring strategy that we've talked about, maximizing your Social Security, creating a guaranteed income stream to meet your basic needs along with Social Security. What else do you need to try to meet your basic needs? Protecting against inflation is a huge deal. We've seen what inflation can do to your budget, and you've got to have a plan for increasing your income over time. You also got to address long-term care needs. The chances are very high that you're going to need some help financially to take care of health care expenses later in life. So you need to address that, and you also need to reduce taxes as a part of your retirement. All this in a written plan, the GenWealth Ready to Retire process gets you all of these things that we've just talked about. It is time for our final thoughts as we wrap up today's show. Tim, we'll start with you. Well, I think any habit can be hard to break. And we've talked about five habits with the 401k that can be difficult to break. You know, why start my 401k now? I have plenty of time. I'm getting the full match. So I'm saving enough. Time's up. I'm done. I can cruise from here. What's hot? What's not? I need to know now. And the market is in trouble. I want to protect my hard-earned savings. Those are the habits that we talked about today. And yes, sometime during your career, you may have one of these come up and that may be a hard habit to get through, but creating good habits can get us on the right track. And I think creating good habits comes from having a good written financial plan. Scott, my thought is that at GenWealth, we are education-driven, strategy-based, and team-delivered. Now, that's not just a slogan. That's what we do. We start with educating you on the things that you need to know, not pop culture stuff that uh, the you know uh, society is trying to tell you that you need to think about. All of those things are distractions. You need basic, solid education, tried-and-true things that will help keep you on track. Strategy-based, things like that flooring and bucketing strategy that we just went through. Those things are time-tested, and we think they deliver great value for you in your retirement. And then team-delivered is that you, we have a team of people here at GenWealth to address all of those seven key areas. So you put that all together in the GenWealth Ready to Retire process, and you're ready for retirement. It's a great time to build your plan, too. Now through December 30th, we're offering half off of your financial plan You've got a call to schedule your appointment before December 30th. The appointment does not have to take place. It can be later, but you can call or text. Text the word Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, to 501-381-5228 or call 866-653-PLAN. And that's all the time we have for this week's show, The Five Hard Habits to Break When It Comes to Your 401k. We hope we've helped you out with some education today, and if you need more, feel free to reach out to a GenWealth advisor for help. 
Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.